Welcome to the Metaversible Podcast, chronicling the journey of reaching the metaverse through blockchain, digital art, and virtual reality. Welcome back to the Metaversible Podcast, where we explore the art and science of the metaverse, this digital world which we live. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Chris Cochran, and I'm joined by my co-host and best friend, Ron Eddings. I'm glad to be here with you, too. (laughs) (laughs) And we are about to take the red pill and dive right in. Ron, who do we have with us this time? This episode, we have Simone Art Online. Simona has written the introduction to cybersecurity for NFT artists and collectors, and we are in love with her art and all the things that she's doing. But Simona, I wanted to say welcome to the metaverse. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Chris, for having me. And uh, it's really, really a big opportunity for me to talk about this matter. And I really enjoy to be here today. Thank you. Outstanding. And I know you've had a quite a journey in the metaverse, especially on the NFT side of the house. But could you tell us a little bit about that journey and what it's been like so far for you? Yeah, sure. I joined the space in March, so it was quite the beginning. And the idea to join the space was to be a full-time artist. But because of my background, I have 16 years of experience in cybersecurity at corporate level. When I joined, I saw that there, there, were, there was a very strong need of protection for artists and collectors. And so I started to help friends and collectors, everyone for free on the space and give them advices and try to, to be helpful for them. And so more than art, what I've been doing since marching the space is helping everyone else to be safe, to recognize scammers, to be in a better position for enjoy the space more and be and be happy here instead of uh, trying to fix issues every day. And so that has been my journey. So at the end, I decided to take this opportunity to write a book about this environment and the, all the risks that everyone is running wh- uh, when they join the space. And that has been uh, since now my journey. Wow. And, you know, it's so funny because the first episode we talked about the wonder and the magic of the metaverse and especially in the NFT space. But whenever there's magic and wonder, sometimes there's a darker side to that world. And so now you're covering the risks that happen. What are some of the things that are going on in the metaverse that we need to be weary of? Yeah, what I, I can I can say and I can see since the first day is that uh, all the attackers and bad actors that are coming into the space have been doing this for many years and they have a very strong experience with online business uh, in general. And they are using the same tricks that they, they have been using for years. So there is nothing new here. It's just what is important is just for everyone to recognize them. And it's not that difficult. So with a little bit of knowledge, anyone can be safer. And at the moment, I can see that, that there has been an evolution in these type of scams. At the beginning, it was very, very simple stuff. Now it's becoming a little bit more complex, but not that complex. And always the first contact you get with this attacker is always the same. So it's uh, mainly phishing. 
social engineering and everything that has been on uh, on the internet for many many years so nothing to be too much worried about just a little bit conscious of what we are doing here and what are the risks that's all that's good to know especially as even chris and i become a little bit more familiar with the space and just to be aware of you know the good and the bad that can come out of it but does phishing or like the scams look similar as they did like just on like the internet in general or is there like a a specific type of phishing tactic and scam that's that's going around right now um in the nft space yeah sure (laughs) the general technique are always the same so what they are using is uh, first of all they do a little bit of research on you uh, as an artist or collector, and they just understand what what is triggering you psychologically. So they are using social engineering, collecting a little bit of data. Uh, if the attack comes from Discord, they follow you while you chat on Twitter. They do the same. But in general, they just use a very specific set of triggers to make sure that they go through you and they touch what you are sensitive about. For example, for artists, it could be something like, I really love your art. I've been following you since the beginning. I really love your art and I want to make sure that I get the best piece of art from you. Or it could be FOMO. So there is a new collection coming out and what they do, they just create a phishing a website or a, a mirror collection and they start messaging you the moment that the collection has been launched so that if you want to go into into that collection you see the message you see maybe a very interesting price you click on it and you think you bought it but reality is they just took your money so there are uh, mainly this type of psychological triggers that are very strong in the space so FOMO is one of the biggest for collectors and being seen and being loved and uh, the exposure for the artist is the second one so they are they adapted the technique uh, to these uh, two main triggers and there are many others that are in place and just to mention another one, if you are part of a group or, or a project that is launching a, a collectibles, for example, and you are a team member working for the project, they could fake to be your boss, your boss. So you're the project leader to make sure that you send them the money in time. They pressure you. They, they just said to you that it's very, very important to do it immediately so you don't have time to think. And that is, uh, that is another psychological trigger that they use. And the, the last one that I think is important to mention is maybe you got um, into uh, some problems with a platform, with an NFT platform, and you say publicly, I have this problem. At that point, all these scammers will come to you saying, I can help you. So they are trying to, uh, to help you. But the reality is they are trying just to get your valuables because from there they develop a technique so that you can, in a, in a very uh, sudden way and giving you no time to think, they will try to push you to uh, share with them the seed phrase of your wallet or other information. So these are the main triggers, but the technique is always uh, the same. So using psychological triggers to let people do what, uh, what they usually wouldn't do. That's super interesting. And one of the things that I was reading about is this 
pulling the rug or rugging in the NFT space. And this is a scam where you do a drop that's seemingly awesome, but really it's just a a scam to really take everyone's money. Is that something that you're familiar with? And how can we protect ourselves from these type of scams? Yeah, uh, that has become very, uh, very common lately. That is one of the newest uh, big scams. So they they had time to organize and to understand how the drops work and how the collectible world works. And now they are doing this as well. So uh, usually to recognize this type of scam is just see who is behind it. If you don't know is anonymous, the, the team that is working behind the collectible, uh, that could be the first sign that something is wrong. The second one is if you check the, your accounts, so there is a name behind, you can check the, your accounts. Usually uh, the platform mainly used for marketing is Twitter. So you go to Twitter, you, ta- you try to connect with them, you check the, your accounts, you see how old they are, how many followers they are, they have. If the followers are uh, relative to NFTs or, or some other type of word. And what I've seen lately is that these type of uh, ragged collectibles uh, mainly come from pure crypto world, not for from the art world or NFT. So you can recognize these simple, uh, simple details. And if the person that or the group that is behind is not really coming from this uh, NFT world, that could be another trigger. And uh, this is mainly a general idea that you can use for any type of content. But for this collectible, this is very strong. And my, my suggestion is to give a little bit of time. They can sold out maybe in 30 seconds. But usually when you launch a collectible, what happens is there is a first hype into, into the buying the collectibles. And then there is a drop after a few days in the price. I think better to go in in the second wave, because at that point, uh, you know that the the group could be more trustable and that uh, has been around already for a few days and there is not such a big risk into doing that. Another suggestion is when you see uh, this type of project, usually you have a website, so a Web3 uh, website where you connect your wallet. I've seen these type of scams where they launch this collectible. People have the, they rush into uh, going and collect the, the art. They link their wallet they, without reading the signature on their MetaMask. And sometimes that signature says exactly what is behind that project because uh, they ask for having full permission on your wallet. Never give full permission on your wallet in this case. So what they should ask for is just uh, read-only access to uh, your uh, wallet ID uh, and the permission to send you transaction approval not that they can do transaction for you. So be careful on this aspect. This is very important. And if there is a mistake there that you did, no problem, because you can uh, recover and revoke any permission that you gave to your wallet uh, with uh, online tools uh, on Etherscan, for example, to revoke keys and permissions and smart contracts. So it's not a big issue. The big issue is when you share the seed phrase. But I've, I haven't seen that with this collectible uh, launch lately. So at the moment, that is not a big risk. 
but is this a smart contract level the risk that you are running? So this, this is everything that I've seen the last three weeks, no more than this. Everything is um, manageable, let's say. This is great to know. And I'm sure anyone that's listening right now is also picking up on some of these details for things not to do. It almost reminds me of when you log in with Google on a website and it lets you know all these permissions that you're about to give this application and you ultimately accept, which might not be the best case for for you, especially if it's dealing with taking money out of your wallet. Exactly. Yeah. And um, people are so in a rush. That is the formal trigger that they don't read um, because they, they, are, they fear that the collectible will, uh, will sold out in a, in a few seconds. And so that is a, a big a psychological trigger that they use. So be careful. Read every single thing that you sign. And there are some problems where uh, the message that you receive maybe is uh, not so clear. In that case, I suggest to take your time. It's not the end of the world. If you don't go into a collectible straight away, you can have occasion to go in uh, later. But if you have a doubt, just take your time, think, reflect to other people that you trust, and then go into that. Also do your own research before going into the, uh, the buying phase. Uh, just research the project, research the team behind. That is very, very important. Join their Discord, see how they behave with people because uh, you can see also from the tone that they use if they are really supporting the community or they are there just as a cash grabber team. You, you will see that from the way they talk to people on Discord, but you need to have time to do that. So do that in advance. One week in advance, start to join the space, to join their Discord and, and start it. So that is, that is uh, my, my main suggestion when you go into collectibles and uh, you need to avoid this type of problem. That is great. Bringing your cybersecurity chops into blockchain and digital art. And I know that you're doing other things than just writing books, right? You're also creating the art, creating like digital art just in general and and other spaces. Can you talk a bit about that? And how did you get into creating art outside of just art and writing? Yeah, art has been always my passion since I was six years old. I loved oil painting. My first oil painting, I was six and has been always in my heart. It was something that I really loved to do since I was a very small per- person. <laughs> when there was a time to decide uh, what type of uh, school to attend, you see in some culture, art is not seen like something that you do for a living. Uh, fortunately, I had a lot of other passion. And science was one of those, technology and science. And so I decided to, to go through f- for the science path. And so I attended university uh, physics and I took a master's degree in uh, theoretical astrophysics. And then uh, when there was a time to decide what to do uh, as a career, I had to, a decision to take if to apply what I had learned at, let's say, methodology level to technology or to go into research. And I went for the technology. So I moved to London and I started my career in cybersecurity. But all the time, always painting, drawing, 
and using art as my my passion and everything that I love to do all the time. When I joined the cybersecurity uh, space, I used art even managing my team, like for a motivational as a motiv- motivational tool, uh, because I love to do portraits. And uh, lately, when there was a, a person in my team that was not really motivated or stuff like that, I I used to to make portraits to picture all their positive aspects and to motivate them. So art as a motivation has been a, a very, very important thing for me. And last year, it was in the middle of COVID, so August uh, 2020, as you know, the, the cyber attacks became extremely, extremely important. <laughs> there were so many and at work, it was a really, really hard day every day. So I used to work 20 hours a day uh, in June last year because we, we had to face a lot of issues. Fortunately, nothing touched the organization where I was working, but just because we were, as a team, always on, always on the case. And it, it became so stressful that at one point I had to decide if I wanted to choose art, uh, that is my passion, or going on with cybersecurity. And I said, I want to take a break. And, and try to find myself first. So I took a break and I started to create art for the traditional art world, so galleries. And I have a website where there are some drawings uh, that I did last year. And in March, when crypto and art came together, I said, oh, this is perfect because I know crypto from my previous job. I love art. So the two together is perfect. And now, there is a cybersecurity in the game. So <laughs> at the moment, <laughs> I found the perfect balance between art, security, and crypto. So I think at the moment, I'm living the perfect balance between the th- three things that I know well and that I love. And at this point, uh, what I did, I created something that represents exactly this. So I, I dropped an NFT last month that has a piece of art as a cover, and the art represents the NFT world as I see it now from the um, security perspective. So there are pirates that represent the attackers. There is an open sea that is the NFT world where we live, and there are artists and collectors that love each other and love the community and that are a little bit aware of what is going on, but not that much. And so the pirates are fishing into the sea. And this is the artwork. And then I did as a, this is the NFT itself. And then as an unlockable, I put the book as a PDF. So when you buy the the art, you have the the book uh, as an unlockable. In the book, I've written, I put a full introduction to cybersecurity for internet, for people that want to to have their online life safe in the first part and describing what is going on for years in the on the online world and then in the second part i yeah, took all my experiences since march all the example of a real life example of scamming analyzing them and show everyone how easy it is to recognize them and in the third part i take the path from a person that has never joined the space from the moment they need to uh, buy the first crypto 
so they are able to mint their first NFT or to buy their first NFT to the moment when they need to store these valuables into an hardware wallet. So the, the full path, I describe, I describe it uh, with details, uh, in particular on cybersecurity. So how to do this journey in a secure way. And for each point, I give main example of possible risks and scams uh, that can come along. So, and this is uh, 120 pages of the book. Together with that, there is a third thing that uh, people that buy the book, uh, I give priority for my time and my consultation so they can get uh, um, a personal uh, opinion on how to make sure that their setup is secure and that their behavior is okay to work into this space. So these, these represent exactly what I was saying, the three things that I love together into this drop and into this NFT. Great. So they get like a little bit of a bundle when they start to purchase some of your art. Exactly. Yes, that's the idea. One of the other things that I wanted to talk about also is getting into NFT. It seems like this is a green field. There's so much opportunity and, you know, ways for people to express themselves, but they might not know how when it comes to the expression itself or even with the technology. How did you get comfortable with jumping into the world of NFT? In my case, it was very simple because I, I, I knew the crypto world already and what I just had to do and what I suggest to even people that don't, don't know anything about NFT is to join a clubhouse room where they give you tips, they explain everything. There are so many initiatives on the space to do that. And right now we have also Twitter spaces. There are these uh, meetings and collaboration parties where uh, there are uh, people that have been here for months that explain and give advices to uh, new joiners. And that, that is how also how I, I did the, my, my introduction into the space. So I joined Clubhouse. I listened to people talking. I uh, joined some clubs. And that is how you do it. So there are very, very interesting clubs that, that can give you a lot of tips and interesting information on how to join. And then start to uh, network with people that you trust. So first, you need to understand who to trust. And that is why I wrote that book, how, so <laughs> you can recognize people that could be trustable. But once you have your network of people, uh, this community is very, very helpful. So everyone wants to help each other. And that is how, how it works. So you can join, you can, uh, even if you don't have any knowledge, and then join the groups, join the talk uh, and the talk show and the Twitter spaces, collect all as much information as possible from there, and then start talking with your new friends and try to, to make sure that you understand properly before uh, doing any step into this world. And what is also useful, and I think it's something that I did as well, Take your time, like a 15 days uh, period of time where you just try things. Like you create a temporary account on OpenSea, that is our main uh, NFT platform, uh, and try to make a drop, even if it's not your perfect drop. Just try how the technology works. See what is better for you, because maybe something that is better for an, an artist is not the same for you. So 
try things out, see how they work. And then when you're ready, you do your important drop when you have the experience, the knowledge and everything. It takes a 15 days period, I think, no more than that, to try out, to try the technology, to talk to people and then come into the space with a more stable and, and secure uh, stuff, let's say. Simona, when you were talking about bringing those two halves of yourself together, the creative side and also the technical side, you know, that made me think about our journey through podcasting. That was really the first instance when I could bring both my creative side and my technical side together in some impactful way. When you think about bringing those two sides together and making an impact on NFTs and blockchain technologies, what do you think about as your legacy when all is said and done? What I hope uh, is that we can build a safe space for anyone to be able to share their art without the, the fear to be scammed and to be, and to be at risk so much like it is now. So the hope that there is a possibility to create a safe environment that can be used by all the artists and the collector when they can recognize people, they can, they can have proof of their identity because it's nice to have uh, an anonymous, uh, let's say, the fact that on the blockchain everyone is anonymous, but is also, there is also the risk to have too many scammers and too many uh, too many people that want to uh, take advantage of uh, artists and collectors. And so a good balance between the two where we can create a space uh, that is safe for everyone, that is what I think is really needed right now in this space. And so even if you are new and you don't have all the knowledge needed to recognize the, the, the problem and the risk, you can go there, have people that you can trust that can help you and uh, have a, a good drop without anyone copying your art or scamming you for Ethereum on Discord or things like that, I think is really needed right now. Great. And it sounds like you are just the person to help with that. We really appreciate all the things that you're doing on, in that regard and also joining us on the Metaverse podcast Ramona, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for taking the time to talk to us today. For those that want to stay up to date with you and all the incredible research that you're doing in NFTs, what are the best ways that people can do that? Yeah, um, on Twitter, uh, my, my handle is the same everywhere. So you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram as SimonArtOnline and um, on OpenSea and on Foundation. We have Simon Art Online. So every on every platform, I'm using the same the same handle, and that is how you can find me. So if you go to my Twitter account at the top, you have a link to my uh, link tree uh, yacht. Sorry, and from there there are all my links, everything. So you can contact me through my website. You can send me an email. You can DM me. I'm available for any questions, anything that you can uh, you can think about that could be security or art or NFT, you can DM me and I will be very ha happy to help you. Excellent. We'll be sure to drop all of those links in the show notes. Highly recommend everyone to stay, stay up to date and keep in touch and also purchase Simona's book on OpenSea. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Chris. <laughs>